and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jesse Wright. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market. And they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So, without further ado, it's time to welcome Jesse onto the show. So Jesse, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Matt, thank you so much for having me on. The Science for Sport brand has clearly established themselves as a leader in podcasts and social media, so it's an honor to join you. Oh, thank you very much for the kind words. That's uh, very much appreciated. So uh, now that you've, uh, you've finished buttering me up, can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Of course it always starts with butter right <laughs> uh, I, I have uh, I, my, my career I, I've been in high performance sport for over two decades now the the last 14 years I spent in the NBA with the Philadelphia 76ers in two different roles the first nine were as the head strength and conditioning coach and then the last five were as the director of performance science prior to that I spent some time in the private sector and that enabled me to work with division one universities and early in my career worked in the NFL and had a gig over in NFL Europe. So I spent some time in American football as well. So a bit of a mixed bag over the course of my career. And uh, some amazing experience as well in, uh, in different countries and different sports. That's, uh, that's absolutely excellent. Um, and we're here today to discuss soft skills. So I imagine through the years, you've managed to build that up uh, into a pretty impressive repertoire. But first things first, what are soft skills and why are they important? Yeah, it's a it's uh it's an interesting term, right? And the the word soft, you you it's a horrible adjective and you would never really want to associate that word with anything in sport. It typically brings up a you know a, a soft overweight body or maybe a a timid guy that's underachieving with respect to, you know, the expectations, but but I've I've come to to look at the the soft skills word as endearing and and one that brings attention to an area that I think is critically important for for high performance sport individuals. I, I think they're important because they define who you are. Uh, people recognize and and identify with you, your coworkers and athletes and superiors. They they know you by how you carry yourself and how you interact with them every day and how do you present yourself in meetings when you want to bring up a point and uh, are you humble or vulnerable or are you arrogant and carry yourself as maybe bigger or or better than people and how do you collaborate and all of a sudden you have a uh, a long-term return to play case that might be pretty difficult and how do you work with all the 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 players that are involved in that case and everything and that's ultimately how people will speak about you and how they identify with you within your working environments and i i think because of that they become a critically important 
And, you know, to, to define them, it's just this list of, of, of qualities or characteristics that, you know, have have big buckets, you know, that you could call communication or leadership or self-awareness or anything. And then they trickle all the way down through, you know, even little things like how do you write an email or how do you are you are you timeliness in turning in a project? And they they just become all of these things that define you as a professional i think absolutely fantastic so that's uh, that's outlined some pretty huge importance um what do you then think are key skills which practitioners need to have uh, when they really want to make it to the top right so um maybe the, the everyday person has a, a range of good soft skills but if you really want to make it to the elite level of performance what kind of skills do you need to make sure that you're excelling in so that you can get there yeah, I kind of have my my top my top six list, and certainly they're they're much more wide ranging than just six of them. But in terms of high performance sport and how to succeed in that you know challenging environment, I I, I go to a, a top three first, three V's, and one that I call vision, which just just kind of involves a, a good combination of both self awareness and cultural awareness where are your own strengths and weaknesses and then how do they fit in the environment in which you're working in so that's kind of like a vision and versatility i think is a big one particularly in high performance sport with an ever-changing dynamic environment you're always getting constraints thrown at you how versatile are you Right. And never more important coming off a, a COVID year where, you know, the, the norm that we all understood as practitioners was completely flipped on its end. And everybody always had to be adaptable and versatile. Um, so there's that one. And then this, you know, a voice. Right. How do you communicate? How do you because there are, are different strategies to that. Right. Whether you walk into a general manager's office and speak on that level or communicate across to all your colleagues and coworkers or communicate down to an assistant or an intern or how you walk into a training room or a, a weight room and talk to an athlete. And those are all voice and how you communicate. So I think those are kind of like my top three of the six. And then to me, the other three are all involved kind of centered around your leadership. Are you a servant-based leader? Do you look for a more transformational approach? Um, your, uh, your professionalism and your work ethic, I think those are big ones. And then a huge one these days is how do you connect with athletes and coworkers, which is your compassion and your empathy. And if, you know, amongst the huge list of soft skills that are out there, those are kind of the ones that I target and b believe can have real impact. Absolutely fantastic. So that's a, that's a big list. Um, but when we as coaches then obviously hear that and we want to think, oh, okay, well, I, I can develop that. I can improve on some of those things. Um, how do coaches then go about improving these things consciously over time? Yeah, it's a great question because typically it's a skill set that many recognize is critically important maybe after you've spent time working, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. It's not typically a skill set where when you're right out of university, right after your master's degree, you're like, okay, I'm going to get really good at empathy. <laughs> right. It just does. It just does, it's not something that registers. Right. You're really focused on your technical knowledge. Right. And myself and, and, and it's a common a common trait amongst a lot of young professionals. Uh, so I think the first thing is really to just recognition and awareness that this is a skill set that 
can and should be grown. And, you know, you look at our, our libraries and our bookshelves and they're filled with the, you know, the Verkashanskys and the Jill Cooks and the Avery Fagenbaums and the, you know, it, it's research. And then, you know, you know, you, you, you look for that hard skill knowledge for sure. But then maybe your other bookshelf should also be filled with the Napoleon Hills and the Simon Sinek's and the Adam Grant's and the David Epstein's and the Stephen Covey's and all these people that help shape who you are as a professional. Um, so from a recognition standpoint, it's first like just balance. Let's absolutely develop our hard skill knowledge, but let's recognize we need to also develop those skills as a as a human being and as a practitioner who define you. So I think that's the first thing. And then the second part of it is, is, you know, in the environment that you're working in, you probably have some examples around you and this concept of modeling and seek out individuals that have lasted in organizations through various uh, different um, regimes and coaching changes and and, uh, general management changes and people that really connect well with athletes. We've all been in a training room where, you know, an athlete walks in and then seeks out a certain individual for help and support. And that is the identity of a person that's worked really hard and that's really good at establishing that good working relationship with an athlete. Um, Who do people seek out for answers and support are are, are really good resources for that. And if you really look at it, like it's not so different than how we develop our hard skill, our hard skill set. There's a foundation of knowledge that you get from reading and research and following videos And then there's the applied side where you go out and you try to apply these types of things. When you walk into a weight room, you get better at delivering your message and and administering your coaching cues. Or when you're in a training room environment, a medical environment, you get better at the interaction while you're delivering any type of soft tissue or, you know, healing or treatment modalities or anything like that. There's a there's a learning base and then there's an applied base. And I, I would say take that same model and look to do that within your soft skill development as well. Um, I think the last piece is just guidance, right? Be okay with asking questions on how you're doing in those areas. Uh, Seek out a superior that's good and say, you know, just, you know, be okay with feedback. And how did I do in that meeting when you asked me to present? Or, hey, coach, you just watched me coach a squat pattern in a weight room. How did I do on my cueing? And did, 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 did you get a sense that I had a real good connection with the athlete as I was coaching them? And if you pull all those things together, reading and practical and seeking out feedback, I think it's an effective way to develop the skill set. And then in terms of putting that on paper, right, is that something that people should be uh, maybe writing down before a training session and planning those kind of interactions or should it be more organic in your eyes? I think it be. I think it can be a combination of both. Uh, I think just from a, again, if you take our our known world in high performance sport, a lot of times we begin with an assessment, right? Some type of test or evaluation in advance to recognize what's good and what's bad, or what's strong or what's weak, or where we need to, you know, work on an asymmetry or a, a, a mobility issue or anything. And you take that same exact model and you can apply it to your 
your growth areas of soft skills. So to go into a day and write down what soft skills you want to work on, right? I want to be better in this staff meeting uh, when there is a point raised that I don't necessarily agree with. I want to be respectful in my communication. I want to, I want to look across from that person that may not have the same perspective as me, and I want to, I want to challenge them professionally, and I want to speak up. I want to speak my point. Or again, apply it to when you're, you're, you're coaching an athlete or maybe you have to walk into a coach's office and, and bring some information to him that he may or may not receive well, that you go into that day and you identify that that's an area you want to work on that day. And then to your point about organic, like a lot of times just in day-to-day interactions, these things reveal themselves. And all of a sudden you're in a scenario where you're like, you know what, I wasn't as understanding or as compassionate with that athlete that I should have been. And I feel like I didn't leave that conversation very effectively. I'm going to circle back with that guy and let him know that I do. I am trying to make an attempt at understanding his point of view and understand why maybe he wasn't as willing to embrace this new movement pattern that I introduced or willing to even walk into the room that day. What, what was weighing on him that he was resistant to my coaching today uh, and seeking out, you know, that way where you didn't necessarily expect it was going to happen, but because it did happen, you now seek out a way to be better at it. This podcast is also brought to you by Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market developed by the team at Gymware. Flex is the only laser-based training system available, and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable, and it's super user-friendly. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And just whilst we're on this subject, I wanted to touch very quickly on whether you think there are ways that we could speed up those learning processes. So you have some people who from a a young age, for example, uh, develop really strong social skills, uh, including soft skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you have some people who are maybe 40, 50, 60, 70 years old and they still don't have it. So how can you speed up that learning process to make sure that you're getting to the highest level as quickly as possible? Yeah, it's a great question. And and I think you have to, I, I think the modeling concept works really well there. And, and again, if you could identify just one or two people that you are currently working with and that you're alongside with every single day that you can begin to pattern yourself, you always have to kind of make it specific to yourself and your own, your own qualities and your own natural characteristics. But also good to look at people that are right alongside of you and see how they do it. Um, you know, again, it, it, it's cultural awareness, understand the norms and understand how people carry themselves. And that's the day to day. And then as we all seek out too, and it's a little bit easier to do online now with zoom meetings and zoom conferences and virtual summits and everything. But, but there are many resources out there where you can learn from others as well and, and seek out people. If you're at a conference and you have the chance to interact with veteran people that have been in the game for five, 10, 15, 20 years that you seek them out and you actually ask questions and like situation specific questions that might be able to help you improve your skill set. So a great one is to just look at look at areas that maybe you feel recently you haven't handled well. Maybe it was 
conflict resolution with an athlete. Maybe, maybe it was as simple as like an athlete that you were supposed to take his body composition, right? You had to give him some skin folds and he said, no, I'm not doing that today. And you didn't handle that well, or maybe he was supposed to get on a scale, or maybe it was a, a nutritional intervention. You tried to introduce a, a, a very well-publicized, uh, good research supplement, and the athlete just didn't take to it. You didn't explain it well enough. That when you meet these individuals at conferences or you get a chance to interact with them online, take those situation-specific instances and actually present that to them and say, here's how it went. Here's how I handled it. I feel like I made a few mistakes. How would you have done that to get a successful outcome? And I think if you kind of combine those two worlds, lean on who you're around that are already doing it well and seek out ways to learn from others, maybe that aren't immediately around you, I think you can fast track it a little bit. Absolutely fantastic. So in order to bring that to life, what I wanted to do is ask you whether you could take us through a case study, um, which could be real or not real, but it, it doesn't matter too much. The, the, the key thing is I want to know how you can practically go about improving this. So when you get a, a coach who says, I want to really specifically target an improvement in, uh, in soft skill A, B or C, um, how, do then, how does a coach then go about doing that? from uh, the point where they recognize that they are maybe deficient in that skill or can improve it all the way through to becoming an expert in that skill. Okay. We, we like case studies, right? Cause those are, those are like real world practical examples that, that we can identify with. So, so this is a good one and I prepared a little adva- in advance for this. So <laughs> excellent. Very um, good. <laughs> so th- this is a good one. Let, let, let's take either a young practitioner, right? Brand new to a, a, a team or a, a sporting organization or even an advanced veteran practitioner that's in a new environment. He just started with a new team. And both of those people recognize, maybe the, 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 the veteran more so than the young, that you are always on a constant proving ground. You're always being judged, whether you know it or not. Uh, athletes are assessing whether you are an individual and a professional that, they, that can help them and that they actually want to work with. And they don't necessarily care for the veteran. They don't necessarily care about where you came from or your CV or how many papers you wrote or anything. It's about the impression you make on them in the new environment. And you are constantly being judged, whether you know it or not. You're being discussed in the locker room when you're not in there. And, you know, your new superiors that brought you on board, within a couple days, they're probably going, hey, how's the new guy doing? And they're assessing information about you. So how do you make a big impression early? How do you earn people's respect early? And what are some things you can do to make a really good impression so that people maybe believe in you quicker and you are able to do your job from a relationship building standpoint, um, maybe a little bit sooner and you earn their respect early. And there's a couple little practical strategies that you can do that, that, um, that may help that with respect to professionalism in this. I think a big one is, is, is be prepared in advance. Some of these are matter of fact, but they're are highly effective when implemented. Uh, prepare in advance. Whether you are running a workout with an athlete or whether you are preparing to run a staff meeting, you know, be ready. Have your notes. Have your cones out. Set up your interval stations. Make sure you arrive at the the uh, the session early. So an athlete goes and he walks in and he's like, "Man, this guy is on it. He just gets it. He's ready. It's wired." I feel like I'm going to have a good session today. And, and he just got that by walking into the, to the environment. He just sensed that you were prepared. Uh, a, a big one, uh, as you, 
with your day-to-day interactions and your conversations and everything, uh, quote research. Let people know that you're out there reading. Um, you know, to, to start a sentence with, hey, I was just reading up on this topic or just picked up a research study on this uh, just a couple weeks ago. I've been learning a little bit more about this. Here are my thoughts. It lets people know you have a growth mindset. It lets people know you're willing to seek out new information on a topic that maybe you didn't know yet already. And to use those kind of sentence primers, it's a good way to let people know you're, you're, you're wired the right way and you're someone that wants to continue to grow. Um, along with that is vulnerability and humility uh, and being able secure enough to admit when you don't know the answer. And I think there's real power in the word yet. So you're faced with a question or a scenario in a new environment that maybe you just don't know. You haven't been exposed to it just yet. And you're willing to go, you know what? I don't know that answer yet, but I'm going to find that out for you. And I'll circle back with you and I'll let you know. There's a bunch of big wins that can come from an interaction like that. Uh, you know, it shows humility. You're, you're vulnerable enough to say you don't know. Uh, you get a chance to circle back when you actually deliver and come back to them that you brought back. You're a trustworthy individual and you do what it is you say you're going to do. Um, and the opportunity to teach, right? You, you now have the chance to learn something new that maybe you didn't know, whatever the situation is, and you get a chance to deliver it back to that person that you started with. So a bunch of wins that can come out of that. And then the follow the the last one I would say is is um be okay. We touched on this already. Be okay asking for feedback. You know, you're new to an environment, you're a young coach, you're you're a veteran coach, but you don't necessarily understand the cultural norms in the new environment that you're in, the new sport or the new uh the new level or maybe even the new country in which you're working in. So you're gathering information. And the more the more information you can gather quickly, the more effective you can be in that new environment. So to be able to go around and set up meetings and have lunches and, you know, invite people out for walks and just ask for feedback and ask a lot of questions and everything. Man, that's a powerful way to develop relationships and learn about the new world you're in. And you put all those all those together. There's a bunch more. Right. But that's like the, the like a pretty strong three or four. Uh, now all of a sudden you're like, you know, the perception of you in your new environment is like, man, this guy, what a win getting this guy. I feel like we made a really good hire and the athletes are going, man, I feel like I can win with this guy. And, uh, and they become pretty powerful in that, like that little case study. Absolutely. Fantastic. I think that's an excellent explanation from uh, question one way through to the end there. So the one thing that I want to ask before we go is uh, what is the one thing that you see or do differently, which the rest of the world can learn from? Yeah, good, good, good question. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I do anything exceptionally better than anybody else. But uh, with the with the question, I think as I as I thought through this and I was not always good at this. There, there are definitely times in my career that, that I did not do this, but it's one I, I grew to do regularly once, um, particularly with the 76ers that our staff grew. There was a period of time where we had about four people in our performance staff. And all of a sudden within a short amount of time, four or five years, we quadrupled in size. And, uh, and all of a sudden we have 16 people around. And there's a lot more people around that are influencing decisions and weighing in on, on, um, on cases and everything. And it opens up a world where you got to have really strong communication systems. 
and people want to be in the know. They, they need, they desire, and they need information to do their job. So to answer your question directly, I started really thinking if something comes out, some type of information is revealed, maybe in a one-on-one meeting, maybe in a staff meeting where not everybody is in the room, start to ask the question, who needs to know this information and to do their job effectively? And what is the best way to deliver that to them? Because they're not here right now. And it's a great way to position yourself as a good teammate. Communication is everything in high performance environment, in, in all environments, but but to, to and this is a product of like being in a you know on the receiving end of maybe not knowing everything I needed to know to do my job at different points in my career. And when you're in that situation, it's just it's it's disease. You have people walking around going, Why aren't people telling me these things? And you just feel insecure and you feel inferior and you feel like, man, just if I knew this and if somebody would have communicated this to me, I could have been much better in this situation. Why wasn't I told? And when you have that type of compassion and empathy with respect to communicating information, you ask that question when new things come up, like who needs to know that this athlete is now going to arrive at the building an hour later than we all originally planned? Who needs to plan their day that way? And who do we and, and, and what is the best way to get that information to somebody? Right. Do we shoot a text? Uh, who is the best person to deliver it? Right. If it's a you know, if it's information that an owner of of an organization needs to know who's the best person who has that person's ear who can get them on the phone those are really really strong questions to ask and something i started to do later in my career that i think um i think can be really good to to in terms of helping to strengthen a, a working environment absolutely excellent so jesse massive thanks for your time today it's been a pleasure talking thank you so much matt And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Jesse for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Coach Academy. Now, at the moment, you can get a seven-day free trial of the Coach Academy, and all you have to do is click the link for that in our show notes. If you haven't already seen the Coach Academy, it is a series of lectures broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you want to take your coaching to the next level... All you have to do is click that link in the show notes and get seven days completely for free in just a few seconds time. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, be sure also to hit the subscribe button. That means that you won't miss out on next week's fantastic guest. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport and I'll speak to you next week.